0: got your bibles i want you to open with me to psalm 84 i want you to open them with me to the book of psalms go to psalm 84 psalm 84 i'm going to start reading in verse 1 and i'm going to highlight a couple verses for you out of this and i want to ask you a question is church important to you four of you is church important to you Amen. Is church a big deal to you? Four of you? Is church a big deal to you? It has to be. Or is it just an hour of your life on Sunday? Is it just an hour of your life? In the Psalms, the 84th chapter, and I don't know about your Bible, but in my Bible, my study Bible, if you have a new King James, which is I read out of, um, It says this, it says to the chief musician on an instrument of gaff. It's one of the headings up there. It says a psalm of the sons of Korah. That's very important. It's very important. It's a song from the sons of Korah. David didn't write all the psalms. He only wrote about two-thirds of the psalms. Y'all know that, right? David didn't write all the psalms. This was a song that was written from the sons of Korah. That's very important, a song from the sons of Korah. And I'm going to explain that to you in a minute. Psalm 84, verse 1. He says, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. The tabernacle is the church. It's the house of worship. Amen? Everybody say amen. It's the house of worship. He says, my soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. This guy's missing church. Are y'all following me? You see what he's saying? This guy right here is missing church. Watch this. He says, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Can I tell you something? No matter what they go through, no matter what life throws at them, no matter what's coming at them, blessed are those who are in your house. You know why? Because they're still praising the Lord. Amen. Amen. How many of you been through some stuff? How many of you been through some stuff? One of you. How many of you been through some stuff ever hand in this room or to be in the air right now? And you're in the house and you're still praising the Lord. Blessed are those who are in the house still praising God. Amen. Amen. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Now listen, you'll read right over that. You'll read right over that. Are y'all following me this morning? You'll read right over that. and you you won't understand it, but you got to understand who he's directing this song that they wrote, who they wrote this to, okay? You got to understand this. It says, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. That's very important. It goes on to say in verse six, as they pass through the valley of Baca, Baca, that means weeping. The word Baca means weeping. He said, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they will make it a spring. They go from strength to strength. Isn't that beautiful? Bible says he's changing you from glory to glory. He says they go from strength to strength. It's beautiful. Each one appears before God in Zion. Zion is the church. Zion is the church. For the sake of time, we'll go down to verse 10. We know 7 and 8 says, verse 10. For one day in your courts is better than a thousand. For one day in your courts is better. Thank you is better than a thousand elsewhere. He said, "I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God, come on somebody. <laughs> I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked." Mm. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Blessed is the man who trusts in you. And the church said, (laughs) amen. And the church said, amen. You know, we could just stop right there. And you can just go on home. Praise the Lord. You can just stop right there reading that. Blessed is the man who dwells in the house of the Lord forever. You can go, you know the 23rd Psalm. Let me tell you this. The 23rd Psalm is the most popular Psalm. It is the, amen. It is the most popular Psalm. It's the most famous, which is a book of songs. We know what Psalms is. It is a book of songs. Actually, the book of Psalms is God's playlist. Amen, everybody. It's his top 150 hits. It's like the Billboard music chart. It's 150 top songs. Amen psalm 23 is the most popular of those psalm 51 is the psalm of repentance if you feel like you have dropped the ball in your life and you feel like your life is in shambles and you have done something i want to tell you now open up your bible and walk around and read psalm 51 out loud it will wash you it will cleanse you it will set you free amen somebody i'm telling you you walk around and read psalm 51 out loud and tell me if it don't change your life Psalm 91 is the psalm of protection. It's the psalm of protection. But Psalm 84 is known to theologians as the pearl of psalms. It's called the pearl of psalms. And it speaks directly to the yearly pilgrimages that the Hebrews were required to make. By law, they were required to make them and their families, they were required to make three times a year. There were seven feasts into Jerusalem they had seven feasts a year and by law they were required to go three times a year they had to take their families on these long pilgrimages into the temple in Jerusalem so when so when he writes those words that's who he's speaking to okay that's who he's talking to and a great feature of the Hebrew life was going to the house of God traveling with your family on the same road they would get together they would pass through villages other families would join them they would be singing songs and they would start off singing here and then it would go all the way through and the families and the and the convoy so to speak was was growing daily as they were as they were going on these journeys into the temple into the house of god it was very important for the hebrews to get to church amen amen So they would go on these long journeys into Jerusalem. They would have to have tents, little carts, probably donkeys. The little children, it was a playful, joyful, rejoicing, uh, uh, just, just a great time. They were going up to Jerusalem to worship the king. And they were always excited about it. Amen? It was a festive, joyful time. They would sing songs, like I said, they would be dancing. Do you remember the story of Jesus getting lost and they were on the way home from the temple and they thought he got lost, but he really wasn't lost. He was in the, in the temple confounding the, the brilliant scholars of that days when, when, when they lost Jesus. It was one of these journeys. They were on their way home from the temple. Amen. It was one of these festive journeys that they were making back. So it was a family thing. Oh, it was a family thing to go to the house of God. Amen. Amen. It's a family thing to go to the house of God. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. As we align ourselves, listen, with God, we align ourselves with his word this year. We've been talking about this for the past month, y'all. Come on. We align ourselves with the word. We align ourselves with God. We align ourselves with his commands. Can I tell you something? Church has to be a big deal to you. It has to be a priority in your life. If you can take the first three weeks of your your year and you say, God, I am going to fast, I am going to pray, oh, the fast is over, I just go to church whenever I want to. You have to get yourself in alignment with the body of Christ. You have to be in church. Amen. They were going up to Jerusalem. It was a big deal. I can see them on the road right now. I can see them journey into the house of God with their families. Usually, it was a three or four day journey, okay? It was a three or four day journey. It was not an easy journey. Jerusalem, geographically, was always up. It was set on seven mountains. Jerusalem is set on seven mountains, and it was always up. Up. It's always going up to Jerusalem. If you ever hear them, it's always going up to Jerusalem. I'm going up to Jerusalem. The Bible talks about the Good Samaritan coming down because he was leaving the temple. The Good Samaritan is coming down from Jerusalem to Jericho. It's always coming down from Jerusalem or going up to Jerusalem. But you follow me? You're either going up to Jerusalem or you're coming down from Jerusalem. Geographically, I want you to hear me. Jerusalem is the center of the earth. Geographically... Jerusalem, it's literally the center of the, of the earth. I'm not making that up. Only God could have chosen that place. Amen. Amen. Thank you. It is literally the center of the earth. So miraculously, now listen, as they journeyed, You can imagine it was all heels. It wasn't fun. It was a lot of work. It wasn't convenient. It was hard sometimes. How many of y'all have a hard time getting to church on Sunday morning sometimes? Come on, tell the truth. You're in church. Tell the truth and shame the devil. I had a hard time getting here this morning myself. Amen. Amen. It was hard. It wasn't convenient. It wasn't easy. It was, listen, it required effort. But I want to tell you apparently, something superseded the trials and the difficulties that they had to get to. Do you understand what I am telling you? Something overrode the horrible times, the journey up the hill. Something superseded all the effort that they had to put in to get into the house of God. You know what it was? It's worth the trip. It's worth the trip. Have you ever come to church and you say, man, I don't even want to be here today. And when does God move the most in your life? When you got a struggle to get to church, somebody, I'm telling you, it superseded everything that they went through. You know why? Because it was worth the trip. It's worth the trip. You probably was spilling coffee on yourself this morning. I don't even want to go to church And you got here and you're like, it was worth the trip. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah! <laughs> it's worth the trip. I don't care what mountain I've got to go over. I don't care what valley we got to go through. I don't care if we got to get up. I know we got to go load the car. I know we got to walk up these hills. I know I got to listen to my kids in the background. And I know I got to, but it's worth the trip. All you got to do, it's worth the trip. Don't matter what you gotta go through. And let me tell you something, they were building memories with their families that was gonna be passed down for generations and generations and generations. Now you know where I'm going with this, don't you? They're building memories of faith that is passed down. That's why coming to the house of God and worshiping like this right here is so critical. Uh Uh-uh, that wasn't good enough. That's why coming in the house of God like this and worshiping and praising the Lord is so critical. What we're doing right here. Praise God. You're giving something to your family that money cannot buy. Amen. You are giving something to your family and your children that money cannot buy. I don't care how much money you got. Can't buy you way into heaven. In Psalm 48. I just read Psalm 84. The sister Psalm of Psalm 84 is 48. Y'all see that? We just flipped it around. It's also a psalm of the sons of Korah. Y'all stay with me for a minute. Y'all go stay with me for a minute. I'm going to teach you something, but we're going somewhere. (laughs) Amen. I'm going to drive this home where you live. I'm going to drive it home. I'm going to teach you something right now. Psalm 48 is the sister psalm of Psalm 84. Okay. It's another psalm from the sons of Korah. Look at Psalm 48, 1 and 2. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, Jerusalem. In the mountain of his holiness, that's the temple mount, y'all. Verse two, beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. That's the temple, the city of our great king. Now I realize this that that verse where it says, beautiful for situation. Has to do with the geographical location and how it's set up on seven hills and how it is just beautifully positioned and it's high up, it was positioned there. What he's saying is that its position is beautiful. It's perfect where God has put the temple geographically. But I want to preach on that for just a little bit because it doesn't matter what situation you're in, the church. It's beautiful for any situation. I don't care if your marriage is falling apart. You need to get into church because the church is beautiful for your situation. I don't care if your family's gone off the rocker and your kids are running wild. You need to get them into church, all of them, with their horrible attitudes, with everything. Get them here because God can change them. Amen. This is beautiful. The church is beautiful. Beautiful for any situation you have in your life. Hallelujah. All of them. This place is beautiful for any situation. The Holy Spirit can still touch them. The Holy Spirit can still convict them, y'all. Come on, the Holy Spirit can still melt mean cold hearts. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit can still make you forgive somebody and then move on. This place is beautiful for any situation. Amen. If you're sick in your body, this place is beautiful for your situation. If you need a miracle in your family, this place is beautiful for your situation. There's hope here. There's faith here. There's grace here. There's victory here. If you're stressed out, this place is beautiful for any situation you have in your life. Amen. Amen. It's beautiful for any situation you have in your life. I love this place. Church is a big deal to me. Is it a big deal to you? Yes. Is it a big deal to you? Yes. Praise God. It's beautiful for any situation. And I love it. Because the highways, now listen, there was highways and they, what they were doing, they were going to the house of God. The sons of Korah, they wrote a song about it. Look at verse 2, Psalm 84. Two. It said, my soul, Longs. So my soul longs and faints for the house of God. My heart and my flesh, they cry out for the house of God. He said, I can't wait to get there. I can't stand it anymore. I need to get to church. He said, I I need to get there. I got to get my family to church. But something happened. During Deborah's day, and I want to explain this to you. If you look in Judges chapter 6, chapter 5, after generations and generations, they were invaded by an army, and the people were afraid of a visible enemy that they could see on the highways that were going to ambush them and attack them. Now, here's what happens in Deborah's day, in Judges, look at, look at this. In Judges chapter 5, so Deborah says she's like this, the only woman, listen, in the Bible who was promoted to, to, to leader, to judgeship, to the office of judgeship, I mean, she broke through y'all. She broke through the, the barriers uh, spiritually. She broke through the gender barriers. She broke through all the other barriers. She broke through everything and became a massive leader, a massive leader in the nation of Israel. Okay, now listen. It's what she said in verse 6, Judges chapter 5. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied. See that? And they had to walk through the byways. She said the highways were unoccupied. And she said, listen this, verse 7. And the inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel... Until I, Deborah, listen, that I arose a mother in Israel. Now, let me explain what she's saying here. Okay. She said, I noticed that the highways were unoccupied. Now, go back to what, that, in verse 6, she says, go back to the psalm that they wrote in 84, the pilgrimage. This is what she was talking about. In verse 6, when she said, it is a direct reference to people pilgrimaging to the house of God. Because they were invaded by an army. And here's what she said. She said, I saw the highways were unoccupied. People were allowing fear to keep them from going to the house of God. Yeah. Amen. <sighs> People were allowing fear to keep them from going to the house of God. And Deborah said, you know what? It bothered me so much as a mother in Zion to see them highways empty. She said, it bothered me to see the highways so unoccupied, to see a Sunday morning in America, nobody driving down the roads coming to church. She said, the highways are unoccupied. Ain't nobody. It bothered me as a mother. Where's my mama's at? She said, it so bothered me. As a mother, she said, if I can't get a man to lead, she said, I'm going to do it myself. Come on. Woo! woo, Y'all better preach this at the women's ministry. She said, if I can't get a man to lead, I, Deborah, will arise. God will raise me up. God is going to use me, and we're going to get families back to church. She said, it so bothered me that the highways were unoccupied. I couldn't stand it. I'm getting people back to church. We got to get families back into church. Amen. We got, I'm telling you, we ought to have a police out there directing traffic. Where's everybody at? This place should be packed. Amen. We're in a culture of people who've grown into a new habit of not going to church. Amen. And the highways are unoccupied with that brand new four-wheel drive that God gave you. Oh, the highways are unoccupied with that Mercedes Benz that God gave you. Oh, come on. Because we don't want to get up and go to church. I feel like preaching on this right now. Oh, you can't even get up and come to church on Sunday because I don't want to shave. you are you talking about? It's too big of a hassle to get up and come to church. God give you that. You need to get up and make church a priority in your life on Sunday. Ah, oh, I'd rather flip on the computer and stay home. Well, if that's all you got, praise the Lord. But I want to tell you something. We were not created for online worship. We weren't. You need to get in a good Holy Ghost filled church. You better get in a good Holy Ghost filled church. We never needed it more than now. Your children never needed it more than now. Your family never needed it more than now. Amen. Amen. Psalm 122, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Praise God. Look, I want to show you something. The sons of Korah, who wrote Psalms 84, you know who Korah was? So Korah was mentioned in the Bible as rebelling against Moses. Okay. And God got so upset with him that he opened up the earth and swallowed him. Look at this scripture right here in Numbers. Number 16 says, The earth opened up its mouth, swallowed them up with their households, and all the men with Korah. And Moses, he's just standing there. He's like, I told you he was my friend. You mess with me, bro. You mess with Big man's got my back. Korah rebelled against Moses. And the Bible says in Numbers 16 that the earth opened its mouth and swallowed him up. Amen. Amen. But do you know who the sons of Korah were? Seven generations. Study it out. Y'all gotta study it. Or take my word for it. <laughs> seven, seven, thank you. Seven generations later. The reason they became the musicians, they became the people who wrote the charts, they became the ones who, the orchestra, they were, they, they, they wrote the music, they, it's very interesting, the sons of Korah, it's very interesting, because not only did God swallow up Korah, but he forbid his family for seven generations to enter into the house of God. Seven generations. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Told you I'm going to teach you something today. For seven generations, nobody from that family got to come. So when it says the sons of Korah, after being banished, banned for seven generations from being in the house of God. Now I want you to throw up Psalm 84, verse 1 and 2. I want to pull this scripture up now. And now I want us to read this, listen, with a different revelation. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. Look. My soul longs. For seven generations, they were banished out of church. My heart and my flesh, I'm crying out. I need you, Jesus. Now when you read this, can you hear their hearts? Can you hear the passion coming out of what they're saying? They haven't been to church in seven generations. And he says, My soul faints for you. God. Listen. He said, How lovely is your tabernacle? See, this wasn't some kind of little take it or leave it, go to church on Sunday. Are y'all following me this morning? This wasn't, well, I'll just get up and go if I have to. He says, no, my soul is longing for the house of God. Huh? said, I got to get to church. I need it. My heart's crying out. My flesh is crying out. And you know there are people in China doing that right now? Do you know there are people in the persecuted places like Iran and Iraq that are doing that right now? Do you realize how blessed you are? This place ought to be packed. There are people in persecuted countries that are going, my soul longs for you. Amen. Are you? Amen. Are y'all following me? Yeah. David didn't say in Psalm 122 verse 1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go back into the throne room. I wanna tell you something. Here's what happened. You understand chronologically, when David wrote that verse right there in Psalm 122, when he said that, where that came from, if you understand what the circumstances were, they had to leave his throne. He had been thrown out of Jerusalem. His own son Absalom had already attacked him and invaded and overtaken David's forces, okay? So now David runs. And he flees. And in 2 Samuel chapter 15, he was running for his life. Now watch this. I want to show you something. On his way out, some of his faithful mighty men, they grabbed the Ark of the Covenant. And they said, we know, David, that you want this to go with you. Come on. And he says, no! You put that back in the temple. Look at 2 Samuel. Look at this right here in verse 15. He says, nope, you carry that back into the temple. That don't go with me. And here's what he said. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back, and he's going to both show me it and the dwelling place of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Now, every one of us should be shouting. Amen? Amen? because he says I'm going to go through a time where I'm going to be distant from God I'm going to go through a time where it feels like God doesn't remember who I am but if he shows me enough favor and he will ever let me get back he says I am going to shout and I am going to praise the Lord we should all be shouting right now because if he ever gives you enough favor to draw you back to the house of God you ought to be shouting about it amen he's going to bring me back and show me both it and his dwelling place Can I tell you, if we haven't learned anything, especially during the pandemic, y'all, right? How bad the enemy wants to shut us down? How bad the enemy wants to shut us down? He says, I know if I ever get to come back that I found favor with the Lord. Amen. Can I tell you, Restoration Church is here. The favor of God is here, y'all. Amen. The blessing of God is here. I don't care who wins the election this year. I don't care what happens. God is still on the throne and his church is still beautiful for any situation in your life. Whatever situation we face, the church is beautiful for it. Doesn't matter. And you got to hear what he says. Do y'all remember during COVID, after a few months of the church being shut down? Do y'all remember that? And I'm like, my soul... Longs to get back into church. Or was I the only one? Oh Oh, no, there was one more of you? When I had to get into to worship with people and y'all know what I'm talking about? Sunday just started becoming any other day. Oh, I'll get up in my pajamas and just watch TV and watch church on the... It just started becoming every other day. I couldn't stand it. And something in you says, this isn't right. My spirit can't stand it. I need to be in the house of God. We got to get back in church. There's no place like this place. Amen. Amen. He said, my soul longs for you. My flesh yearns for the living God just to get in your presence. And can I tell you, unfortunately, some people have to be made to come to church. Back in the, 1800, 1600s earlier in Europe, even earlier than that, they would build something called the Belfry. How many of you know what a Belfry is in here? Four of you? <laughs> Boy, y'all just aged you didn't you? A Belfry. A Belfry was something that they built. Um, so so here, here's what it is. They would build one in the village or in the city, if they didn't have enough money, they didn't have enough manpower to build the big beautiful cathedrals with the pretty bell towers. Amen. They would build what they was known as the belfry. And it was something that was built way up, could have been on a pole, you know, a bell on it, it was built way up, they had it straight, whatever. But what it was, it was a belfry. Had a big bell on it, and somebody would get up there every Sunday morning, the day of worship. And you would hear this all across the land. I didn't have a bell for you. That's the best I could do. Play along. You would hear this all around the land. You know what that meant? You know what that sound meant? Get up! It's Sunday morning! This ain't a normal day! Get your kids ready! Get the car ready! Get your family ready! Get to church! Y'all got it? (laughs) You would hear that all across the land. Let me tell you something, and that sound meant you better get up. That sound meant you got to get ready and get to church. Thank you. Can I tell you, you ought to have that ringing in your spirit probably about Sunday night or Saturday night. It don't matter if the Detroit Lions lose or win. You ought to have this in your spirit, knowing that Sunday morning's coming. Huh? You ought to have that bell ringing in your spirit, y'all. Get your children to church. You never needed it more now than you ever have. Your children never needed to be in church now more than they ever have. Get to church. The bell of assembly has silenced in people's spirits. The devil's an opportunist. And he has moved in on millions in the church. And they don't even get up on Sunday morning with this passion saying, I got to go to church. I got to get there. Nobody has that anymore. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. The devil's an opportunist. I want people to leave here. With a ringing in their heart. This says, I love my church. This says, I love to worship God in here. I love to stand with my saints in here. I've been set free in here. I love Jesus. I know this place is beautiful for any situation. Hallelujah. You ever feel like sometimes I just gotta get to Jesus? Four of you. Do you ever feel like sometimes I just gotta get there? Do you? Praise God. I just got to get there. Listen, I want to, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I want to show you this Psalm 73. Look at Psalm 73. But as for me, during COVID, during the pandemic, even the past couple of years when that settled down, I got lazy. But as for me, I got lazy. My feet. I'd almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the boastful. You know what he said? He said, I got my eyes on the world. That's what he's saying. I ain't been coming to church. I got lazy. He said, I got my eyes on the world. He said, I was envious of the boastful. Then he said, I almost slipped back. I almost went back. I got my eyes on the world. Seems like all the wicked people are prospering. Seems like all the wicked people are prospering in the world. But watch this. Watch this, y'all. You got to see this. Then he gets down to verse 17. Until. Listen, he goes through this, all of this stuff. He goes through this whole list of things. Read it. Psalm 73, he says, I was discouraged. I was about to slip. I wanted to give up. You know all the stuff that hits you and me. You know all the things that comes from everywhere. He said, I was about to slip. I was about to go back. I was about to go back out there and get high. I was about to go out there and get drunk. He said, until verse 17, he said, until I went into the church. Amen. Amen. I almost stumbled. I almost slipped until I went into the sanctuary of God and then I understood their end. Amen. Notice that. He said, I understood their end, not just the wicked end, but the righteous. And when I went to the sanctuary, he says, I was about to slip. I was about to fail. I was about to go back to my addiction. I was about to start getting high. I was about to go back to all the things that the Lord has already set me free from. He said, and then I went into the church. He said, and then I knew their end. He said, I found the end of the righteous and I found the end of the wicked. And I'm choosing the righteous all day. I'm choosing the righteous all day. He said, I understood their end. I saw how the wicked ends, and I see how the righteous ends. He said, I'm choosing the righteous all day. I came in here defeated. He said, I walked in here and I got my thinking right. I got my spirit right. I came in here defeated. I got lifted up. Oh, come on, somebody. He said, I had faith. I had hope. I had love. He said, the spirit singled me out, set me apart, put my feet on solid ground, saved me. Amen. Because this place is beautiful for any situation that you have in your life. It's beautiful. He said, I came into the house of God. Whew. You can't get that at Walmart. You can't get that at the Tigers game. This has got to be ringing in your spirit. You got to get to church. You can't get that at Walmart. Where can I go? Where do I go when trouble comes? Where do I go when life is hard and I feel like giving up? Where do you go? Lead me to the rock, he said. Get me to Mount Zion. Get me to the temple. Get me to the sanctuary. There's hope there. There's healing there. There's victory there. There's grace there. I can make it if I can just get in his presence. If I can just get in the presence of the Lord, I can make it. Amen. It says this, Psalm 84.3. Even the sparrow has found a home there. The sparrow is the least of the birds. It's not a majestic eagle. It's not a beautiful peacock. The sparrow is the least of the birds. It's just a sparrow. But the boys who wrote this song, they said, I've noticed even the people that the world thinks is the least of these, they found a home here. He said, I noticed that even the ones that the world says are not very important, he says they build a nest here and they raise their young here. <laughs> because it's important. The least of these has a place here. <sighs> They're blessed. And then he says, and no good thing, and no good thing. They wrote these words in the same setting, Psalm 8411. In the exact same setting, he said, no good thing will he withhold from those who stay in church. Who keep their priorities right. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Hallelujah. Keep coming. Keep coming to church. Get in alignment with the body of Christ this year. Keep coming. And then he said this in Psalm 8410 for one day in your courts is better than a 1,000 in the wildest club the world has to offer. Mm, mm.